This is the Frog for Life podcast. I'm your host, Rob Berline. The change I'm most proud of is the wonderful student body we have. We've always had great students at TCU for every year, and that's kind of the hallmark of TCU. But now our student body is much more diverse than it used to be in, in a variety of measures. That is the voice of our special guest this week, Chancellor Victor Boschini. Chancellor Boschini has been at TCU since June 2003. He will tell about his favorite moments at TCU, as well as give an update on what is happening on campus currently and in the future. We're very honored to be here with Chancellor Boschini. Chancellor Boschini, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, I'm honored to be here. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So you became Chancellor in June of 2003. Yes, sir. So you've been here now 15 years. Yes, sir. Is the time just flown by for you? It feels like 15 minutes. Seriously, <laughs> it's just incredible how fast it's gone. And what are some of the, the things that really stand out um, and the changes you've seen from June 1st, 2003 to, you know, November 2018? Oh, gosh. Uh, where do we start? The change I'm most proud of is the wonderful student body we have. We've always had great students at TCU for every year, and that's kind of the hallmark of TCU. But now our student body is much more diverse than it used to be in in a variety of measures, and also higher academically than it ever was. And when you first came to to campus, I'm sure you everyone has kind of preconceived notions of what the job might be like, and then it evolves. What were some of maybe the preconceived notions you had in 2003, and what are some of the things, you know, the way that maybe this university has grown to a level that people may not have been able to foresee? Oh, wow. Well, when I first came, I think I had a kind of a snooty attitude that because I was coming from a much larger school that it wouldn't be very difficult to understand or grasp TCU, that it wasn't very complex. But it was ironic in that I learned in just about three or four months, I remember this distinctly, feeling it's even more complex than the bigger place I ever worked at. And that's because the people here are also interconnected in a way you don't get at a bigger school. But because of that, it makes everything much more complex in a good way. In other words, people all over campus knew what's happening on other areas of campus and could help a faculty member out or a student or a staff member in a way at a big school that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And the last 10 years, or even more than that, you've had to play a dual role. Not only have you been chancellor, but you've also been parents of students at TCU. So do you think that's been able to afford you a different lens than if you were just just chancellor? You're also having to see it from the parent side as well. Oh, I sure do. Our last kid graduated last year, and I'm sad for a lot of reasons, but the main one is I don't have a pipeline to exactly what's happening on campus. But what I would always have to remind my kids is that's an experience of one, you know, so don't generalize that to every kid. But it was good to know that and meet their friends and hear what they're talking about at our house when they come over for dinner, because they tell you things that they wouldn't tell you in a formal setting. And did it allow you to get into different, maybe parent-type situations that you wouldn't put yourself in um, otherwise? Um, Yeah, definitely, because I wouldn't have been invited to parents' day dinners and things like that at my son's clubs and my daughter's clubs because I would just be at the big one. And for our alumni who have moved away from campus may not get to see all the day-to-day activities 
there's still cranes, uh, construction equipment everywhere, which is a great sign of growth. Talk about all the different construction projects and the growth that's happening um, day to day here. Right now, we have several really exciting ones going on. Uh, the most immediate one is the new Hayes Business Commons in the Neely School of Business. That's going to be incredible, and um, it's going to provide a state-of-the-art facility for all our business majors and minors, which is one of our biggest groups on campus. We're also right now doing a new building for our design, merchandise, and textile students, which that was woefully in need of a new building. They've been on Berry Street in an old rehabbed building that was as nice as it could be, but I think it would definitely be safe to say that the design merchandise textile program far exceeded the facility. And we're also going to have graphic arts and some other things in that building. Uh, we are also working on doubling our alumni center through a wonderful gift from the Kellys, the Kelly family, and many other donors who donated. Our alumni center is one of the most used buildings on campus. And in fact, it's so used that you can never get into it because it's always booked. And now we will be able to double the uh, meeting and conference room space there. And we moved all the offices out of the prime space uh, upstairs where they don't need to be on the prime space. And I think that's going to be really good. We're also expanding the football stadium for, what, about the 30th time now, I think. And now we're going to build um, uh, suites like on the one side. I don't know north from southeast from west. I'm bad at that. On the other side of the stadium. And then I believe there's also the the School of Music. And then as I also um, believe in the plans, is there a hotel that yes. alumni may be able to uh, at one day come stay directly on campus when yes. they visit? Two great future things are one, the new performance hall. And that'll be kind of uh, behind the new fine arts building behind Maudie Hall in there somewhere. And um, that's a little more in the future, but we're starting on it already. And that's going to be wonderful. We're going to do a new administration building and we're going to make Sadler Hall take it back to all academic uses, which is what it needs to be. Like my office and the people in here, we should be on the periphery of campus. We don't need to be in the heart of it. And um, so we're going to build a new building for that and redo this building and make it all academic space. Then we were really lucky that a group um, wanted to do a hotel on campus. And so they're renting the land from us for a long period of time, but they're going to put, uh, we won't have to spend any money to do the hotel, but we'll get the benefits of having a hotel. In the news recently, there was a big academic achievement, accreditation, if you will, um, partnering with the University of North Texas to combine for a medical school. Talk about what that process is, what that all means, and um, for people that may not be familiar with, it, with the, how the project and school started. Um, that's been probably the most exciting academic venture we've done in the last few years is, you know, starting a school of medicine from scratch and working with our colleagues at the UNT Health Science Center has been really rewarding. And both of us have had, you know, our own expertise that we added to it. And I think it's going to be a wonderful uh, boon for our students and for their students. But the wonderful thing for our students, they don't have undergrads at UNT Health Science Center. We do. And this will be a wonderful way for our undergrads who are in our pre-med and pre-health programs to get a, a, a leg up on medical school. And so when they graduate, does that degree, is that its own school? Do they come here for graduation, or how does all that work? We're still working all that out, and for a while it'll just be a TCU degree because we're the degree-granting institution. But our goal is to eventually merge and have a a joint degree from both schools, and that's what we will do. 
And I know you talk about there's um, kids that can study undergrad here um, in those types of departments. Your nursing program, for people that haven't been in Harris, they have basically a simulated hospital in there. And, and so what kind of resources are donors and alumni and just how much are they really spearheading some of these efforts? Well, I would have to say for the medical school, they're totally out in front of that because those sim labs and the things we have in the new Bass Hall are extremely expensive. And they'll be used intensively and extensively by our medical school students and by all our nursing and health science students. And aside from the accreditation with the medical school, what are some of the other accomplishments that people may not be aware of, um, both academically, socially, um, on down the line? What are some of the things you're most proud of that have happened recently at TCU? Oh, gosh, we wouldn't have enough time in your show to do this. But academically, I'd say one area people don't think about a lot is the ranch management program. We're, we're producing people who are amazing stewards of our natural resources and of our land through that program. And they're going out and they're running huge tracts of land all across our state and across the country. And I think people don't think about that as much. But if you want to eat in the year 2050, you probably want those people to know what they're doing. And we're really proud of that. Um, our nursing program, our school of education, both have 100% um, basically uh, gra- when they graduate placement rate. Our teachers, our nurses, our nursing leaders are famous across America. Our school of business, incredible. Our communication school, that Schieffer school, we're doing things in journalism and in communication and in general that you don't find in other places. You know, so I could, I'm not a good one to ask this though because I'm not objective. Well, that's what we want to hear is the people that uh, w- that aren't objective, we want to hear all that. Why? Why is TCU the best school in the yeah. in the country? And you're you're the perfect person to answer that. I, I would say this: look around at retention rates that schools have to keep. There are 3,500 schools in America, and the government makes you keep a variety of statistics. The main one they make you keep is your retention rate between freshman and sophomore year, because studies show that if you make it to your sophomore year, you'll graduate from your home institution. The national average for that is about 30% below what we are. We're 92% is our freshman to sophomore year. And so I feel like most of our students are voting with their feet that they're getting what they want at Texas Christian University. And I know you guys put a lot of um, resources into the freshman first-year program. Do you say that's the biggest reason for that retention rate? I think the biggest reason is the faculty and staff and students that are at TCU now. I really do, because they make this such a community that once you get here, you don't want to leave. And yes, I think those freshman experience programs, all that, it's critically important. But I think the main reason a kid comes here and stays here is because they like the faculty that are teaching them in their rooms and in their classrooms, and they like the people supporting them outside of the classroom. And last year, the Board of Trustees approved another chapter in TCU's strategic plan, the Vision and Action Lead On uh, campaign. For those who aren't familiar, what does that strategic plan look like? Okay. The board looked at a lot of different things at TCU and said, you know, our role is to set the strategic vision, but your role is to flesh it out because we don't know how to do the things you're doing in the Schieffer School or the School of Fine Arts. And so they told us to concentrate on the academic profile of TCU. They told us to concentrate on the size of TCU and keep it at 11,000 or lower. They told us to keep the student-to-faculty ratio never higher than 14 to 1. They told us to concentrate on the employees of Texas Christian University and make sure they're happy and fulfilled. Those are the kind of things. And then they said, go back and figure out a way how to do these big goals. And that's what we're doing now. 
And what are some of the more intricate details? Are there the aspects that people will be able to see day-to-day notable change in those aspects? I don't think they'll see big, huge, huge changes day-to-day in that TCU's this is going to sound braggy, but we're doing a pretty good job in a lot of those areas already, but we could always be better. Thursday, November 8th um, is TCU Gives Day, and that's right. where um, alumni and donors and people that really support TCU's mission can really make a big difference. Um, what do those funds go to for TCU Gives Day, and just how, what impact can alumni have by participating in that? Oh, thank you. Two great answers for that, I think. One, those funds can go to wherever you want them to go if you're the donor. But a lot of donors just say, do it for whatever's best for TCU. And those are the people I say, P.S., I love you. <laughs> and so those will go to, for, to a variety of things. But the biggest chunk would go for student scholarships. That's our biggest goal at TCU fundraising-wise right now. That might go to help a student in an emergency need. That might buy kids books. It might pay for new beakers in a lab. But it'll definitely do for something that will in, enhance the the student and the faculty and staff experience. And you've talked about how great TCU is your last 15 years. Can you pick out a favorite moment or moments over those years? One that some that really stick out besides just your children's graduations. Oh, thanks for saying that because <laughs> I would have forgotten about that. Uh, oh, yeah. Hands down, my most memorable experience was the TCU Rose Bowl in Pasadena. The whole thing, it was just uh, it was an amazing culmination of a lot of people's hard work. And my number two one would be the new medical school and that I I think that is going to be the most profound in 50 years that they're going to still be talking about. The fact that we had that medical school is going to have changed the face of TCU. You talked about the fact that we're in the Big 12 Rose Bowl going back to when you got here in 2003, came from Illinois State. Would you ever think you were going to one day be chancellor of a Big 12 institution? Absolutely. <laughs> No, I'm serious. I did. Yeah, I, it might not have been the Big Twelve, but it was definitely been one of those big, big five power conferences. Yeah, for for about six weeks, I thought it might be the Big East. <laughs> and we're recording this podcast on Halloween. So, what does Halloween look like at the Boschini House? Oh, it's crazy because we're really into it. But our problem is, you know, they recently recently moved us to a new house on Avondale, and it gets way less traffic than our other neighborhood. And and but the good thing is, our kids are older now, so they don't care as much. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Chancellor Boschini. This has been very enlightening for for all of us and understanding what exactly goes on day-to-day at TCU. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you to KTCU and co-manager Jeff Craig for their editing of this episode. If you or a friend or family member would like to share your story of your life since graduation, please contact us on social media or leave us a comment on our SoundCloud channel. We look forward to sharing the next story of how Horned Frogs are changing the world.